Did you ever have a moment where you knew you had to do something, but you figured you would cut corners in some way and just not do it? Like brushing your teeth. You know you have to brush your teeth, right? But maybe you wake up and you just use mouthwash. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. So today we're going to talk about defiance, and I have Jay here with me again to kind of weigh in on the discussion of defiance, what it is, how it contributes to plateaus in recovery, and just how it contributes overall to a lack of sense of purpose, well-being, motivation. So when I talk about defiance, I'm talking about any time that you are in your head sort of cutting corners and trying to find the easy way of doing everything. So I remember when Jay and I first met, I would pride myself on the fact that I could do the least amount of work possible and to get the most results. And that would be something that I would like actually brag about, you know, so I, I would say, oh, you know, I never had to go to class when I was in college. I really didn't have to buy all the books or you know, when I was a clarinet performance major, I never really had to practice and I was able to get seats on the orchestras. But those kinds of things were things I was bragging about. I was bragging about not putting in effort, not putting in hard work. And I would basically do the least amount that I could to get by. And it really turned into this overall way of living for me, this lifestyle where I thought that I was special. I thought that I was set apart. I thought that I was more clever than other people just because I had learned to sort of game the system. You know, another example that I think of when I think of having this defiant attitude is just growing up and having to take showers, right? My mother, they would tell me, go and take a shower. And I don't know how I came up with this. I just remember reading a good book and I didn't want to put the book down. So I went into the bathroom and I turned the water on with my book and I sat on the hamper and I just read my book while the water was on and pretended like I took a shower. And that grew into this feeling of like, oh, I got you. Oh, I did it. You know, I, I, I was able to get by. I didn't have to take a shower. I was able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I just kept doing that. I would even go so far as to like make sure the towels were a little damp before I put, I would take two brand like new towels, clean towels. I would turn the water on and I would like wet the towel. And then I would put the towels in the hamper and like spray body mist on myself that bat when, you know, when bath and body works was big as a trend. And I would do that just to say that I showered when I didn't. And so that really shaped the course of my attitude in life, my recovery and lack thereof. I got to this point where I had plateaued. I didn't have a lot of depth. I didn't have a lot of motivation. And I was just like a defiant child. And I remember Jay pointing that out to me, which is why I have him on the show today. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm defiant? No, I'm not like, that's not me. I thought of like immediately as a clinician, I think of an, an oppositionally defiant child. But, you know, it was and is defiance. So if you're out there and this is something that you struggle with, 
think if you find yourself, you know, doing all of these behaviors around the actual task, this is something to consider that maybe you might be defiant. What do you think, Jay? Hello, and thanks for having me on. (laughs) Um, Defiance. Uh, Well, to me, defiance, there's an internal factor. I'm being uh, defiant to something that I know needs to get done. I just don't feel like doing it. Uh, And then there's an external factor. Somebody is telling me to do something, and I'm not going to do it because it's that person telling me to do it. Uh, You know, the, the issue with having internal defiance Again, I know there's something I need to get done. I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, and so the problem with that is is the more repetitions you get at being defiant on doing things that you know you need to get done is you gain you, – you keep getting those repetitions over and over again. Uh, at what point do the, does the thing get done? Um, and who, sat, who, who suffers uh, due to your own defiance? your own internal defiance? Uh, and I believe the answer is yourself. Um, or those that are wanting to be connected to you, uh, partner, family, kids, uh, whoever is in your environment will, will, will in turn suffer from that defiance as well, simply because, you know, there's things that they need to get done. They're just not getting done. Um, so, Man, it's a broad subject, Uh, so I will talk a little bit about um, defiance and how it affects relationships, internal defiance and how it affects relationships. Um, I just know that, you know, you kind of opened up with that intro of, like, you know, not feeling like brushing your teeth. (laughs) Well, if you're single and that's your stance on brushing your teeth, you have to understand that uh, if you are out looking for a partner, um, you know, I've done with my mindset coaching clients, had them build avatars on people that they, you know, would like to be partnered up with. Um, you have to think about what the partner, uh, would want, you know, and, and I just know for myself, uh, if you didn't brush your teeth, uh, it would be a problem for me, uh, because you know, your, your breath would stink. And, uh, if you are single and you are trying to find uh, that, that right partner, you may want to consider the fact that they are not uh, sitting around thinking, man, you know, I really want this partner and, uh, you know, this avatar I'm building. And I just hope that they don't brush their teeth. <laughs> I would love to have a partner that doesn't like to shower and doesn't like to brush their teeth. That sounds amazing. Sounds like the life that I would want. Right. But I would say to that, like, Okay, but I'm not my like my defiant self would say. Oh, but I'm not um, going to tell them I'm not going to. Br- I'm not brushing my teeth. Or if I was dating someone, I would brush my teeth, right? And I think that the answer to that, if you're out there thinking that against what Jay's saying, is well, you know, if you've practiced not brushing your teeth for however many years, and then you expect yourself to just up and have this great habit of brushing your teeth, number one, you're pretending to be someone that you're not. So you're starting a relationship based on false pretenses. And number two, it's hard to kick a habit. So you're not just going to wake up every day and brush your teeth. You know, I learned the hard way with teeth brushing because all hygiene for me was all like the thing that I wasn't going to do because I was somehow being defiant to my parents, even though they had no idea. So when I 
finally had to go get my teeth cleaned. I had to have the deep cleaning where they put those needles in your gums. That was my consequence. Like that was the thing that was like, oh yeah, you need to brush your teeth. And even after that, Jay and I had to stay in the bathroom with timers so that I could learn to do it again for two minutes, day and night. You know, so it takes time to kick a habit. Here you go. Yeah. And, and, you know, in that regard, (laughs) I don't think the proper word is defiance, then I think it's laziness, okay. sort of wrapped in the, you know, cooler version of modern day laziness. We're going to call it defiance because it sounds tough. You know, it sounds like, you know, I'm independent, so I'm going be to be defiant to the tyrant. Um, it's not that at all. It's just laziness, yeah. you know, uh, and that is something that is, has been turned into a habit, uh, choosing laziness over things that you need to get done. Um, but in order to have a, a higher quality of life, things have to get done, you know, so you must start to replace that, that lazy feeling of, Oh, I don't feel like doing this. Oh, I'm not going to do this. Uh, you need to get a couple of reps in there, you know, and allow yourself to overcome your laziness and your defiance, um, at least for a couple of reps a day. I mean, start with something, mm-hmm. uh, because if you continue on the same trajectory, your your life will remain exactly the same. Um, you may get yourself involved in relationships, but ultimately your laziness will 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 sacrifice um, your your relationship will be sacrificed uh, for your laziness, and uh, nobody wins in that scenario. You know, especially the person who is just choosing to be defiant over getting things done that they need to get done. Um, now. The other factor is the external defiance of having somebody tell you to do something um, and you just don't want to do it because it's them. Well, you should ask yourself, well, why do I not want to do this because it's them? Who is this person to me and why do I feel like I need to be defiant to this person? Uh, Because it may just be an old habit that you've put in place years ago, you know, maybe when you were being uh, raised by a parent or parents, um, maybe they were being a little tyrannical and your answer to that tyranny was rebellion. So you were being defiant. Well, you're no longer that little kid anymore. Now you're an adult and, you know, like it or not, we have rules that we have to follow. Um, but when your partner, uh, who should be, you know, connected to you and should, you guys should have an understanding that you guys are working together as partners towards building a relationship. It is a partnership of building a relationship. You know, that is the goal. That's why you and I are connected. So you and I are going to be connected because our both of our goal is to build a relationship and to build a life that, uh, that we want to have. Um, but if you are defiant to your partner, uh, again, that's a, that's another question. Like, why am I being defiant to my partner? You know, what has my partner done to me that has caused me to really want to be defiant? And if the answer is, uh, nothing, um, then what I think what's happening is you're just living in a memory again and you're remembering, you know, growing up people telling you what to do and you didn't feel like what you didn't feel like doing it. 
Uh, so you're just replaying that with your, you know, your, your partner at, a, at an older age. And again, eventually the relationship will be sacrificed with constant defiance between partners uh, because if the goal is building a strong relationship and a long-term relationship, well, you're constantly battling, you know, pulling on the rope, you know, like a tug of war instead of, you know, getting on the same side and pulling the rope towards you and pulling that ultimate outcome and that ultimate goal closer to you both. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such a great point. And I know that when you were helping me get through this laziness and this defiance and really, you know, I do consider it kicking a habit because, you know, changing for me from, you know, running the water and pretending like I was taking a shower, for example, to like actually doing it was as difficult as quitting smoking, I would say. So that difficult. It's like you become so ingrained in your routine and your habit and just so convinced again that you're clever, that you're like special and set apart and like, oh, look what I did. I got it done. I did it. I cleaned uh, AKA put all the stuff in the closet and close the closet and pretended like I cleaned, you know? So what Jay had me do is he had me calculate all of the time that I spent wasted on my attempts at gaming the system. So someone told me a story the other day about how their husband told them that they should go to the gym. And so what they did was they calculated all the time it would take them to get to the gym, the time it would take them to do their workout and the time that it would take them to drive home. And they would spend that time driving around and talking on the phone and not actually going to the gym. And sometimes they would even splash water on themselves to make it look like they went to the gym. Like it's a very honest person that told me this. So I respect this person a hundred percent. That is a hard thing to admit. And so what I would say is, is calculate all of the time you waste doing things like that. And what you're going to come to realize is that you could have just gone to the gym and it would have taken less time than all of the energy you spent figuring out a way to somehow take a shortcut. And also, once you see that, then you can see, okay, well, how long does it actually take me to do the dishes, go to the gym, do these things that I'm being quote-unquote lazy about, or maybe it defines turns into laziness? And then you can channel that energy into actually doing the thing. Like the dishes was one thing I hated to do because we didn't have a dishwasher, right? So I calculated the time it would take for me to actually do the dishes, and it took like 20, 15 to 20 minutes max. And in my head, I thought it was going to take me hours. It was going to just be awful. So I would set a timer for 15, 20 minutes and I would do the dishes and I would do that over and over and over again and just kind of become aware of how much time it was taking me so that I stopped doing the thing that was easy, which is avoiding the dishes, maybe washing them and just letting them stay on the counter all day until someone else came along, Jay, to dry them or whatever other thing that I had been doing at the time. And, you know, that takes a lot of effort to do that, but that's what I would suggest that you do. Calculate all this time that you spend wasting, wasted on doing these shortcuts and understand that that doesn't really make you special and clever. What it actually makes you is someone who doesn't pay attention to detail, doesn't follow the rules, doesn't act like a good partner to your husband, your spouse. You're, you know, it, you're just not being 
the person in the world that you claim to want to be if you're listening to this podcast and trying to achieve recovery. Yeah. Any last thoughts here on defiance and laziness? There you go. Yeah. You know, to me, what's always helped me, you know, I'm just like anybody else. I have my lazy moments. Uh, I try to keep them as minimal as possible because I know that if I'm lazy, then the rest of my family, you know, that, that, that one drop in the water kind of ripples out to everyone else. Uh, so they will be affected by my personal laziness. So that's the type of pressure that I put on myself um, to make sure I'm getting the things done that need to be done, even though I don't feel like doing them. Um, you know, so I will constantly just tell myself, um, why does it matter what you want and don't want to do when this needs to just get done? It doesn't matter that I want to do it or I don't want to do it. Uh, that has no part of this equation. Um, so that's always helped me. And, uh, you know, so if you are in a, an environment in which you have people around you, whether or not they're family, uh, partner, roommate, um, even associates at work, uh, if you're not getting the things done, uh, that you should be getting done, realize that there's going to be a ripple effect. And it's going to affect the people around you uh, in a in a certain type of way. I'm not going to say it's positive or negative, uh, but it will affect your environment. So just be mindful of that as well. Um, if you're by yourself, um, understand that the only person who is being sacrificed through your own defiance of things that you should be doing on your own is you. You know, there is there is no one else that is going to be sacrificed for this. It is you. And eventually, you know, if your thing is hygiene, eventually, you know, you'll, you'll get sick. Or eventually you'll have to, you know, you'll have pain in your teeth and gums and you'll have to go to the dentist. Or, you know, you will be sacrificed enough to where things will uh, hit rock bottom and uh, you will have to do something about it. So just trying to get into the mindset of I'm going to do, you know, one thing today that I know I don't want to do, but I'm just going to make it happen. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to try and set it up in the best environment I possibly can. So if it's doing dishes, for example, you know, I'm going to put on my favorite music. Um, I am going to, you know, just try to get myself into this happy mental space uh, by listening to, you know, like a favorite song or motivation, uh, anything that motivates me. Uh, I'm going to try to put myself into this uh, positive state of mind. And then I'm going to attack the dishes. Uh, you can set things up and you can kind of use tools to help you get to where you want to go um, instead of choosing that uh, defiance or as what I would probably call it more of, of just pure laziness. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jay. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like bring it into your awareness that defiance is a childlike behavior that you no longer have to engage in as an adult. And so it 
definitely is a bit more, you know, maybe defiance leading into laziness. And it is lazy to not brush your teeth. You know, it is lazy to not take a shower. We place so much emphasis on semantics and like words that are good and bad. So it's like, you know, treading this, (laughs) treading water, saying the word lazy, but it is like, how is that not lazy that you're not taking a shower? You should definitely wash your body because you can get sick, you can get diseases, you know, et cetera. So yeah. So if you want to, you know, talk last week about not being stiff necked and stubborn, this is just another element to that. If you want to overcome this laziness and this defiance, try to start calculating all the time that you're wasting and then channel that into, like Jay said, setting up your environment, choosing one thing that you're going to just do the right way and, you know, start building that integrity. All right, everybody. Well, next week we're going to continue talking about this a little bit more and we're going to talk about bringing, having more depth in a relationship. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for that Q&A. Are you currently struggling to stay afloat? Are you looking for more one-on-one support and guidance on your recovery journey? Check out thriveonlinecounseling.com. We offer mindset coaching that will propel your recovery journey forward. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Have phone, video, or text sessions wherever you are. The best part? you can schedule right from our website. Choose the day and time that works best for you. Life can be better. We can help. Make an investment in yourself. You are worth it. All right, time for this week's Q&A. This question is about being in relationship with someone else with BPD, whether it be a friendship um, or romantic relationship. And the question is, if an individual has a friend who has borderline personality disorder and that friend isn't following the advice that this person is giving them in recovery. What do they do? Because they want to be a good friend, but they feel like this other person with BPD is dragging them down and they're having a hard time in their own recovery because they're like, Hey, just do this. And the person isn't listening. So you know, whenever you're in relationship with someone, whether they have BPD or not, and they're not taking your advice, it can be frustrating because you want to see that person get access to the help they need. You want to see that person have a solution for the problem that you can see is a burden on them. But it's very important to be able to set boundaries when you're in relationship with someone. And one way that you can do that is you can say to yourself, okay, well, when this person comes to me for advice, I'm going to give them advice. I'm going to listen to them. And then eventually I'm not going to continue to give them advice knowing that they are not going to accept the advice that I've given. And I'm going to be okay with that because I have a choice to give them advice and they have a choice to then accept that advice or not. So I can put that boundary up and feel secure in the fact that I've done everything I can do for this person. And then I can make a choice as to whether or not I want to be in relationship with them because I don't have to be friends with someone who doesn't want to listen to me, who's dragging me down. If I can't offer them unconditional love and support. Another alternative is I can understand who that person is, that they're struggling, that they're not ready to listen to what I have to say, 
and that I can still be friends with them and accept them for who they are without allowing their choices to then become my choices and drag me down. That's my choice to let, let it drag me down. So unconditional love and support is something we can be practicing in friendship relationships in addition to romantic and familial relationships. Remember that. You can accept that that person is just not where you are on the journey and you can be with them as much as you can and be there for them as much as you can and set boundaries around that. All right. And Jay wants to add something in as well. Hello. Uh, so this is a really good one. Um, my mentor, my mindset coach mentor, uh, Justin Garcia used to say, you can recruit, you cannot convert. And I just, I really like that saying because you could recruit them to share the same mindset as you, uh, but there really is no conversion. You can't just make them do it. Um, so as Rose was saying, uh, you do need to be patient. You have to see where they are. And, you know, I would say that role modeling, uh, that mindset is going to be more efficient to them than trying to tell them how to have a better mindset, uh, showing them instead of just telling them, uh, because as Rose had already said, and she's a hundred percent correct, not everybody is as far along as what you may be. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to get there. It's just, they're not there right now. So the only thing that you can do is just model that sort of, uh, stronger mindset behavior, uh, actions, um, and just showing them that, uh, it's okay that you are where you are and, and, you know, we're still good, you know, being friends or, or whatever the relationship is. Um, but I'm going to continue being who I am. And this is my new self. Um, this is, this is the type of person that I am now and you are absolutely welcome to get on board with it. Uh, but I'm not going to make you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you. So keep sending in your questions. We would love to answer them and we'll have another episode for you next week. Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.